I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We are Spark. FM. Along to wise men's here. I'm Stephen Goldsmith. We're talking England mainly tonight because with us out, it's the only chance really we'll get to do so. Gareth Barker is confused about that. Right, Gareth? Yeah. <laughs> Craig Clark is with us too. Craig's done a bit of writing for the Rock Report previously. He's a bit of a football hipster, is Craig, so he can enlighten us all on the wider discussion of sides playing at the World Cup. Does that sound fair, Craig? Uh, I don't know I've been mostly drunk uh, through this World Cup <laughs> I know but you're the, you're the go-to guy when it comes to random South American countries you're oh, probably not but compared to like everybody else I know you are alright then thanks I guess I'll take that as a vague compliment there's one in there somewhere I think <laughs> right okay well England first we will discuss the little bits of Sunland news a bit later not that there's much to go on there England I want to know what you guys think straight away regarding the reaction from the press I know we have these conversations every time England go out of a tournament but if we're just talking now here and now Gareth have the press gone overboard then you, you're on the opinion that they, they have um, I think they always go overboard um, I think uh, it's an issue generally where you know people have these expectations that apparently don't exist or whatever or there's no expectation and then there is expectation then they, they fail regardless um, and then the moan afterwards um, it, I don't know I just don't really understand the, the logic behind a lot of it um, in my opinion we're talking fine margins Craig aren't we if you look at the games individually um, I think you know often when, when people who specialise in analysing tactics and, and the like sometimes they they don't allow for maybe decision making and human instinct in games and I think what Roy Hodgson was driving at when he called Uruguay's second goal a freak goal which it wasn't it was just bad defending but I think what he was what he was driving at was fine margins and we could play that game another three times and win another three times and sometimes these things happen in football but of course at this level everything is going to be scrutinised I know where he's coming from obviously if nine times out of ten Gerard might head that Forward rather than backwards over his own head, um, over the rather over the defence's heads. Um, but at the same time, yeah, human instinct plays a part. But you you want a bit of intelligence maybe from your players, tactical awareness of players. It's not just a manager setting a team up and saying I want you to do this. Players have to be aware enough to actually carry those instructions out, intelligent enough to know where to be on the pitch when the ball's in certain areas. I suppose you can't really sort of account for a, a long ball over the top um, in that sense but 
I mean, even the attacking after we'd equalised looked a little bit shambolic from from an England point of view. It wasn't like it didn't look structured. It was kind of old school England, wasn't it? Like oh, just, just run forward, yeah, spontaneous movement yeah. and stuff, rather than clever intricate play. Maybe there's nothing wrong with not being clever and intricate, but you've got to you've got to be sort of sure at the back as well. I mean, I like it when he's you know when he speaks about the young players coming in and playing coming in and, and, and playing um, I find it hard to disagree with a lot of what he says I think the squad was right I think the personnel I agree you with know, that in, in the starting 11 in both games was near to being right so compared to somebody like Capello they're on the right lines in that respect yeah I'm, I'd, I'm, you can say that they didn't take like a classic holding midfield player but do England have any Maybe Gareth Barry's a sort of metronomic type of player, but he's not got a great deal of pace. Catamull can win a ball, but is he is he sort of got the personality to play at the very highest level? He's never played Champions League football or anything like that, so I think that would be a huge risk. Um, but then what you do, I suppose, is what we've been crying out for at Sunderland and finally got with Gus, and I know you've championed it, Steve in particular. Um, you go three in the middle. I know Gareth's not a huge fan of Jack Wilshere. I'm not either. But if you put him and Henderson either side of Gerrard, it's more akin to the system Gerrard's used to playing at Liverpool. You've got two players who've got legs. Wilshere, for his fault, has got bite as well. Um, it gives Gerrard more time and space with two players doing the donkey work. Instead, he didn't go for that, and he played Welbeck as a more offensive defender almost because he's in there to run and press higher up. But it it just left us woefully exposed. Um but at the same time, it's still, like you say, at least those players were in the squad, um, and it's a far cry from from those Capello days where it was. It just looked like we didn't have any plan in, mm. in, in many respects. Well, I'm going to build on that in a second because I agree with you, Craig. I just firstly want to know what Gareth thinks because you're you're pro Hodgson very much, Gareth, aren't you? Well, just think it's a case of there's not really a lot out there. To yeah, no, to but no, no, but, but okay, maybe. I, I wouldn't say I'm regarding the the actual games we played then. Um, you think it was just kind of the way things went, and what I would say is, I think <clears throat> maybe he got, you know, there was an expectation to play a certain way that maybe he couldn't um, instigate. Um, you know, the general public, I guess, put a lot of pressure on. Um, the, me- the media puts pressure on, you know, to play this attacking football because we had that that front four, who are very good. Um, he put the two defensive midfielders in maybe to give them a base. The issue I'd have with that, like you see, you know, maybe a three in the middle would have been a more logical selection, but if he wants to play the two, then why isn't he why didn't he take a a defensive midfield I d I don't feel there was a defensive midfielder in the squad. Um you know, in I which guess case Gerard, we're just back to pick on players on reputation again. Yeah. Then. I think I think that's always the case of thing. I think there's a, a mentality um, in England, uh, where you've you've got to be a certain type of player to play for England, it's this thing: is he England quality? Well, it doesn't. I don't think really that matters. I think when you when you look across the tournament, there's team, there's players who've impressed who England would instantly dismiss on the basis that they are not England players. But it just goes to show that you don't need a team of superstars. Um, you know, you need a few superstar superstars in your team who are going to do something magical. The, the important thing is putting a team together of good players that provide a backbone and a platform for those quality players to, to excel. Listen. And I think England don't have that. I don't, don't think England have ever managed to get over this idea that, you know, there's an arrogance about the selections. I think it's always, 
well he's got to be like this and he's got to be this type of player and then people harshly judged I, I just feel as though I agree. I agree with you broadly there, uh, and I think that has been a case for years. We don't use the scope well enough. No. Um, this time, I think it's a little different because, I I, as I've just said there, I, th- I think he got the squad of players pretty I much right. I don't know. I think it was a. It, I think it was an obvious squad, and I don't. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I know a lot of people were raving about the squad. But he, like they were the kind of they were the players I expected him to take. I, I wasn't shocked by the selection. Yes, no, he took but the normally you're quite you're, dis- you're disappointed by some of the players he take. You know, sometimes when Defoe's gone, maybe and you're wondering why, and players uh, <coughs> that sort of ilk. But yeah, I mean, but, I then, but then the the players that might have been picked in the squad, who maybe deserved, would have deserved to be there, and might have been a benefit, would have been the players that had let people down. Well, have people got, perceive that they'd be shocked. I think you know someone like Davies at, at, at Hull who had a good season. Um, I don't think it was unfair to think he might have got in in the middle of the park if you're looking at a deep line player, Catamore, Huddleston, um, players of that ilk. Um, I think you know there's probably about 100 players who are English playing in the Premier League um, regularly, and some people might say you know that's not that's not enough, which is fine. Um, what I would say is that. We don't even, you know, we always look to the the for it's the foreign players coming in <coughs> that are stealing these opportunities for English players. But is the English players we've got? We don't look at the wider spectrum mm. of that selection of players. We narrow the small pool because they don't look at what's available. Mm-hmm. There's not the so the so not enough <coughs> players that they could easily have a pool of fifty three months every three months get them like we've talked about this before on the podcast every three months get 50 players together mm. you know and no, like there's no reason why you know people talk about nasty players someone like a Kevin Nolan or a Mark Noble I know they're not great but they know how to win games mm. like there's teams in the Premier League who haven't got quality but they know how to win games look at Pulis's Palace and I think there's there's a, there's a lesson to be learned there well I think it comes back to <coughs> um, a point about intelligence and awareness. I, I agree to an extent that yeah, you can broaden the spectrum. But say Curtis Davies that you mentioned, would you be picking him purely on form? Then is he really going to offer you something different to Cahill and Jagielka? Um, Huddleston to me would be similar to Gerrard, not massively mobile. He can spread the ball around, but he's not going to win it for you. Certainly not a two-man. No, so like, yeah, I just I, don't see that there's enough variety available to any manager and the ones that you do bring in it's different I think in other countries they might not produce star quality um, but they're more tactically aware and more able to fit into different mm-hmm. systems under a different manager well I mean co- coming to that point and to build on what you said previously in the three man midfield I mean anybody who <laughs> listens to the podcast knows how much I banged on a, about a three man field before Gus Poyet arrived and as the first games approached I didn't want to sound all negative and most people like yourselves who I respect were telling me that the shape looked good and people who listen to the podcast as I just said know how much I banged on about three men midfield <coughs> and that's not because I think it's some sort of tactical you know futuristic formation that, that, that defeats all in front of it or anything I just think modern day football 4-3-3 should be a default setting now because unless you have two imposing top class fantastic central midfielders you're likely to be overran in the middle of the park 
that's my opinion and in the context of world football England are an average side so Henderson and Gerrard played in a three man midfielder for Liverpool and he's changed he's he's used those two players and he's used Sterling and Sturridge who play two from a front three and he's asked them to play entirely differently to how they play for Liverpool who almost won the Premier League last season and that's just to me that's just what I could not get my head around I couldn't I can't disagree with you I mean even if you're looking I suppose Southampton sort of play sort of maybe a variation of 4-2-3-1 4-3-3 to be honest formations I think we get bogged down in numbers it, yeah, a lot of it's do. to do with movement and where you move on the pitch when you have the ball when you don't have the ball but I think but yeah I yeah. agree an extra orthodox midfield player mm. gives you that extra protection and it's like I was saying before it's someone like Gerard at his age just doesn't have the mobility and if you've got two around him who have well he had you know, Henderson uh, and Coutinho were Gerard's legs really for yeah. Liverpool or, or Allen or Lucas yeah. um, you know Lucas is more of a traditional holding player but he didn't play all the time mm-hmm. um, and alright we can't just, it's not just Liverpool and you you can't just change your tactics based on the flavour of the no, month no, I suppose no, no. you know um, Liverpool it wasn't exactly 4-3-3 was it a lot of the time it was a diamond was, with two forwards but, but it's fluidity yeah. and that's coached into players but even the diamond you, you still had Gerard sitting with two ahead of him oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, front th- the front three is I think the changes with a diamond yeah. and, and I'm just talking about you know through the aid of a TV so I apologise if I have got this wrong and like you say sometimes you get bogged down in formations when it's all in the eye of the beholder and the like but I watched the Ivory Coast line up 4-2-3-1, get overrun by Greece. I watched the fancied Swiss team being overrun by France, who played three in midfield, and Sissoko was included in that yeah. for Newcastle. I watched the Dutch play three in midfield, De Guzman of Swansea played, Leroy Fur come on a sub in the second game. Point being, we have the players now at a good enough standard to do better, in my opinion. And I just question whether Roy Hodgson is progressive enough to change his ways. And that superficially... It all sounds great, speaking about the young players coming through. and Like I say, it sounds great, but people are forgetting the bread and butter of football. What happens on the fields, tactics, systems, for me, they were all wrong at this World Cup. Am I wrong, Gareth? Um, I think there's a mixture of things. I just think, like you say, you were happy with the squad he picked, but you would have played a different system. My my issue with it is that I felt as though like he picked this the squad and then the system that he picked didn't really accommodate the players that well, he exactly. selected, yeah. which was so that's Hodgson's a, in the wrong exactly. either way. I guess, yeah, I, I think um, yeah, I, I think I don't think Roy Hodgson should escape um, criticism. I think on the basis of him being a good guy, sometimes. It yeah, seems. well, you know, I mean, who knows? And an English like. guy, maybe as well. Yeah. Maybe he gets yeah. a bit of a bit of breathing space for that. Well, he probably does. I mean, I know he's got the the, the the speech impediment, which I think people do. It's an easy, you know, easy thing to take the mick out of. I think that's something that's targeted in things. I think that's probably an area, the area where he gets the the most stick, unfortunately. Which is, you know, which mm. seems nonsensical, but. As a man, you know, as a manager, it's interesting. You look at his record. You know, he's he's he's, he's t- he took Fulham to the the Europa League final. I know people wanted this brand of football, but was there a balance to be had between the way they played at Euro twenty twelve and the way that the the perception was they wanted I to play at this tournament? That. I wouldn't disagree with that. But again, I just go back to showing up the midfield and making mm. sure you're not sort of. I mean, <laughs> Jordan Henderson was was just lost, mm. and I, I feel for him because he's been scapegoated a little bit mm. by it's some fun. of the wider press. And it's just 
It's like when he made his debut under Capello yeah, when he was still I was at just Sunderland, say that, yeah. and he made him sit in midfield. Yeah. Mm. Agreed. And it's just He's not a sitting midfield crazy. player. It's the, crazy. His main attribute is his engine, his stamina. Obviously, his passing ability is fantastic, but it's when he's on the move and he keeps the ball moving and he moves. Mm-hmm. So if you're asking him to sit at the base and what win the ball, read the game, yeah, I'm, you know, he's the type of player who's going to do whatever job he's asked of by his manager, and that's an excellent and he quality. He needs players to around have. him, doesn't he? But because yeah, his transition need, yeah. is quick, and he one yeah. touch, two touch. And again, coming back to how many midfielders he had, you look at the first game, and Pirlo moved forward, mm. maybe twenty yards or something after the after the first half hour, or maybe even sooner than that, because he was getting blocked by where Sterling was playing, and yeah. like, and he moved forward, and he dictated a player. We didn't have an answer for it really. In the second game, Cavani dropped more or less in the midfield as to stop Gerard from pulling the strings so then what were we left with Henderson by himself because (coughs) Gerard was cut off Mm. so we then have Henderson in this vast amount of space with nobody to sort of interact with well this is what Italy tried to do um, to counter that against us was like if you're going to stop Pielo we'll play Verratti to try and offer another creative presence so it's a different approach rather than playing another Midfielder, so to speak, it's bringing another body in who can do Pielo's job, but not just not quite as as well, perhaps. In the end, Pielo just had quite a lot of space anyway. And I suppose one of the main criticisms you could maybe have is Hodgson when he makes substitutions, it's kind of like for like. It's not right. He's not this isn't working. How am I gonna? Yeah. Right, Gerard's not in the game. How do I free him up? If I want him to be my main man in midfield, what do I do to give exactly. him the space to dictate yeah. this game? Now from a personal point of view I don't think Gerard can dictate a game I think he has a lot of qualities and he can rake the ball about like you know a long distance I don't think he dictates a game not in the way like someone Pilo or Xavi in his pomp or whatever he's not that kind of player he's not even a Xabi Alonso is he he's like but if you're asking him to do that give him the personnel around him to give him the best chance of doing it and I'm not making excuses for Gerard because I do think sometimes he saved his best performances for weak opposition like Andorra in qualifiers where we're struggling and he'll pull them out and it's like mm. that's not really good enough he's a, he's a better player than that but is he a better player because he's been playing around better players for example at his peak you know he was playing off Fernando Torres when Liverpool were under Benitez and they could have won the league and we tried to replicate that under Capello but he didn't have Torres with him did he he was playing off Heskey mm. I mean it's, I it's an age old problem yeah. of, of trying to get the best out of an individual instead of trying to maybe get the best out of your, your players that you've taken so that comes back again to playing the extra midfield mm. player again just comes back to t- too much space and Gerard maybe could have done that 10 years ago but well, yeah. um, like I say I take him out of the equation and I thought we struggled a but little you, bit I mean you look at the, the way they've, they've lost the games so. though I agree and I agree you, that it, there's been a bit of an overreaction to that in that we could go back and play that group stage again and go through yeah. but that doesn't mean that you know, it's you don't you can't criticize. No, no, no. Forward. I was going to say yeah. something. I was just going to talk. I mean, I was just talking generally. I mean, the goal they've conceded, the second one where Gerard's flicked and he's got in. I mean, why why are they so high? Like defensively, why why have you come up? Like they've got no pace. Like they played deep against Italy, and it's like they don't learn from the mistakes. They got deep again in the first goal. You know, like Jagielka's got sucked in by Suarez and. You've got to just you. You've got to let the the eighteen yard box just let it. Once you hit that line, you know, go, don't get drawn that deep. But at the same time, you know, you you look at little things like that, and 
I don't know what that is. Is that just concentration? You know, it's not a lack of ability in a player. Surely it's just they're not they're not they haven't marshaled the situation properly. Mm-hmm. The reason Suarez has scored that second goal is because he's got he's standing offside, but they're, they're too high up. He's got the, he's got him behind them and they've scored and he got him like Balotelli got peeled off in the first one, got him behind and got the header. And you know that's that's pure concentration. That I don't think that's down to an ability with a player. And you feel as though you know in a tight game, when they they're the way that's where you win and lose. And Is I feel as though back to back to him picking a formation and not thinking about the players he's he's put into it though in a way as well um, maybe but is it's it I mean, linked, is that a lack of con- I mean there's a lack of concentration like what, know, I mean is, what I mean is what I mean is we speak about the the back four being a weakness so yeah. we shouldn't really be surprised <coughs> that they they didn't play that great no absolutely not but, but, who, what, who's, I'm, but, but what I'm that's saying that's a base yeah, who's exactly. marshalling that situation that's what I'm saying so, so <coughs> is that a leadership what Hodgson should have done then is, is this back four needs a little bit of protection and played somebody right in front of him then you would have to go to the three man midfield mm. of course it's just nothing about that formation mm. with the personnel makes any sense to me and I just mm. I often think that's a little bit too adventurous for Hodgson and I also mm. I almost get this image in my head that Gary Neville's on one shoulder like the Angels saying play this sort of attacking <laughs> attacking formation system and then you have Ray Lewington on the other shoulder mm. saying no no it's four four two Roy and he's kind of coming up with a compromise mm. and I just I just wonder I mean that's speculating I don't know what yeah, Gary Neville thinks but you know I just wonder if it, if it's if it's if he's progressive enough to change. I just think it's hard. The argument is who else is out there? Isn't well, it? which seems like a bit of a weak, weak argument. <laughs> but I, I guess it's it's quite factual where you think you know because the the D seem determined to stick to English, which you well, know I, I don't know why. Do you think? Do you think that somebody who is somebody who would be appropriate to say someone like you would get away with like Roberto Martinez or something like that because he's been in England for yeah. a long time mm. you know he was at a fashionable club and fashionable club at Wigan went to Everton but it can't well. be, yeah, but, and it can be done can't because people go on about the culture all the English mm. players can't play like and Gus Poyet's proof to us yeah. that mm. he came in with his side and he had Lee Catamall with Jack Colback and Seb Larson ahead of him mm. Now, who would have suggested they mm. could go and dominate games, dominate the midfield, go to Old Trafford and win, go to Stamford Bridge and win? But the, and it's, it, it hasn't taken them that like, long, has it? Gareth's talking about um, sort of trends and picking players on that kind mm-hmm. of basis, and yeah. whether you agree with that argument or not, would you not say, oh, Martinez, flavour of the month, Poet, flavour of the month, kind of British, almost anglicised foreign yeah. managers who are <laughs> young? The play like sort of nice on the eye football, but I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong with going down that route. It certainly would be better than just throwing a load of money at mm. someone who's won a load of stuff yeah. twenty years ago. Yeah, like I certainly wouldn't be advocating that again. But if you go down the foreign route and you went for I don't know somebody who somebody the fans feel they can connect yeah, with, yeah, still, yeah. maybe because yeah. you can't just go and get a young foreign manager. No, who's no, got no, 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 because fans would be like there would be no the no reason to get behind that mm-hmm. if the. And that, but then say, so where are the sort of you know young English managers? If you like, where where are that's they? A problem. We're going to talk about that later on. Just, sorry, when we'll come just, back. <laughs> the, that that thing I was saying before as well about this mentality about this English mentality that I feel is there's an air of arrogance about it that we need to try and look past. I think it was reflected when we had the well, we had an opportunity to bring Scolari in, and they were so cocksure that they were going to get him. 
um, that they were basically, you know, hounding around his house, the press around his house. And then he did that press conference where he just walked in and went, I don't want the job. And then <laughs> walked out again and put in, he did it in Portuguese. <laughs> and then the news channels were trying, basically trying to frantically get a translation about what he'd said. And then it was like, oh, he doesn't want the job. It's like, well, how how can he not want the job? Mm. It was like, well, maybe we aren't this. Well, the irony is not now, the be all and end all. who would want it now? That's the irony. Exactly. There's, no, there's not many managers now, you know, unless you chuck a big wage at them. They're just not going to be yeah. interested. Certainly not foreign it's, ones. It's, but, I, I mean. but, I, but I think, yeah. as you say, with somebody, you know, we're very loosely speaking and theoretically speaking here, like Poyet or Martinez who's been in the country might feel a little bit different because mm. they they know what to expect but anyway we're going to come back and talk about the, the future of England a bit later on after some other stuff and we speak to journalists or bloggers every week from different Premier League sides to hear what they expect from the upcoming season today first we're hearing from Ben James who had a blog and podcast called View from the Ninian Cardiff City fan of course he's become a little disillusioned with things has been. Um, Gareth and I caught up with him earlier on. When we come back, we'll milk out what we have, a little bit of Sunderland, and we'll talk more World Cup. Okay, Ben, start. We spoke to you on the Wise Men's podcast last season, uh, before the obviously before the Sunderland-Cardiff game, and you were telling us you were very disillusioned with life. Has that sort of been magnified by the, by the relegation? Um, I don't know if it's been magnified by the relegation. I think it's just reaffirmed what I thought earlier on you know kind of just it's not so much fun anymore Vincent Tan's kind of ruined the club but um, kind of now we've been relegated it was it was always coming but now we've kind of in the pre-season Ole Gunnar Solskjaer signed some players and nobody's left at the moment so things are kind of staying as they are but I think my kind of my enjoyment of, uh, of Cardiff City has kind of gone out the window a little bit so I, I've kind of taken a, a back seat from it all really Well you must have been bitterly disappointed with with last season generally I mean it was great for Sunderland fan but it must have been a nightmare for all the fans of, of, of you sides that got relegated when you yeah. start you start to see the form that Sunderland put together because it always takes a team to provide something special like that and we certainly didn't think we were going to be the ones to do it No I mean at Christmas you guys looked absolutely down and out and I think most of your fans probably were thinking the same that there was no way you were going to fight back from it but I think you know if if we just continued our good, you know, went or oh, not continued our good form, but if Cardiff had just won some games, we would have we would have stayed up. But instead, we just kind of you guys put together an incredible run of form, and instead of trying to come back, come back and kind of get some points as well, we just kind of capitulated. And I think it was it was a couple of things really. Like like I said, you guys had an incredible run of form. You won those games that no one expected you to win, and got draws at kind of Man City and stuff. Well, we just fell apart, and it. It was demoralising to watch, really, because mm. when we played you at, at the Stadium of Light, it could have been quite a big game for us. You know, if we'd won that, I think we might have gone on and stayed up. But instead, you batted us four 0 and that was it, really. From there, there was no looking back, really. I was a bit surprised, as well as I thought Sunderland played that well uh, that day. I, I was a bit surprised by the lack of fight from Cardiff, the Cardiff players. I've got to be honest, Ben. Yeah, I think a couple of things added to that. I think you know players like Gary Medell and Stephen Colker were already looking ahead to to leaving Cardiff City, and I think when Wang Carla got sent off well, just before half-time or half an hour into the game and, and gave away that, that penalty, that was it. I think all their heads dropped because there was no way we were going to get a result with 10 men. I mean, we couldn't get a result with 11 men. So to go down to 10 men, lose a central defender, it was just game over, really, from there. And I think that's what caused the players to drop. And it was disappointing to see that there was no fight. I mean, you can understand relegation if the, if the team are just incompetent. But when they 
they haven't fought at all. You just again, it was the same against Crystal Palace. It was the same against other games. We just had no fight, and that was the most kind of depressing thing. You mentioned Gary Medell there. Interesting to see him play in a side that's doing very well in the World Cup at the minute as well. Yeah, it just shows how good he is. I mean, at the start of the season, there were there were games against when he played Man City, when we played Swansea and Fulham away. He looked like a world beater, you know, against Fulham. I think he got 99% pass completion and everything he did just looked like he was running the show. But then I think Marky Mackay left. The, the way we played changed. I think he lost somebody at the club who spoke Spanish. So he was kind of probably lost in translation a little bit. And I think he was looking ahead to the World Cup. He also got injured, had a virus, and it all kind of fell apart for him. But it's interesting to see him play in Chile because he plays a centre-half for Chile. Mm. And I just... He's five foot seven, and he's defending very well. I know Tim Cahill beat him in the air against Australia but I think Tim Kay will beat most players in the air wouldn't he Yeah, definitely. so I think it's, it's interesting to see how well he can play and it just shows that we had a good player it's just we didn't know how to utilise him so you mentioned you've signed a, a few players um, across there then do you want to tell yep. us a little bit about them and what other kind of players you've been linked with yeah I mean we've signed Adam Lafondre up front which I think is a bit of a masterstroke by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because we just lacked goals last season and the, Adam Lafondre scores goals in whatever division he's in I think he got 15 in the Prem for Reading so I think that's a good one. Um, we've signed, I can never say his name, but it's um, Dickagoy from Crystal Palace, a South African international. Right, okay. um, I think he's come in to replace Medell. He's quite a strong, competitive midfield player, and I think he's come in on a free, turned down a, a, an extension at Crystal Palace to come to us. So I think we must have offered him some cash. Um, we've signed a guy called uh, Guido Bergstaller from Austria Wien. He's an Austra Austrian international, scored 13 goals last season in, in their division. And we've signed... Um, a guy called Javi Guerra from I think it was from Real Oviedo he scored 16 goals in the top level of Spanish football last season so he signed some really good players I think he's, you know those players like Javi Guerra scored against Real Madrid a couple of times last season so for him to come to the championship must mean that we really mean business next season mm, interesting stuff now speaking just finally speaking as a Sunderland fan I can relate to sides that get relegated because we spend years of just going up and <laughs> yeah. down and up and down and up and down but what happens is once you get to the Premier League and have that season, expectation levels change automatically yeah. amongst the fan base. So I'm guessing everybody there now supporting Cardiff is expecting a quick return. I wouldn't I wouldn't be so sure. I think Cardiff City fans have been through the, the mill ourselves and I think we've got quite a... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today realistic view on things I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer people still haven't worked him out whether he is a good manager whether he has got the tactics right 
I think there's, there's a bit of kind of trepidation about him. I mean, we're going to lose. He said today that there might be 10 players leaving. I mean, I don't know who the 10 players are going to be, but if we lose our goalkeeper, which we probably will, we'll lose another centre-half. We might lose a further centre-half. We're back to square one, really, at the back. And I don't think fans are fully expecting that we'll go back up. I think we're, we're confident that we'll give it a good go, but I don't I, I don't suppose fans think we're going to automatically go back up. It's, it's quite going to be quite an interesting season, I think. I bet your owner expects to go straight back up. No, I, I, to be honest, the way Vincent Tan's going, I'm, he's going to do something in the interim that will destroy things, I think, even further. So, um, do you think you will in your heart-to-hearts, just no. finally, quickly? And you, Do you think you will? Um, no, I don't think we will. I think we'll, we'll miss out in the playoffs. Thanks to Ben there for coming on. Nita, just to apologise to oh, you I all if we, if, we, if we messed up the start <laughs> of the intro there with the music because we... We aren't in the main studio today, and we are. We're actually in the the familiar podcast studio. Yes, we are. And, uh, working a little blind, aren't we? And we got to work. I know. Well, I did. You there. didn't. Yeah. Well, I was I just trying did. to bail you out. And no, don't out. bail me out. I'm, I'll take full <laughs> responsibility. <laughs> so if the music was still For blasting over actions. me speaking there, because none of us probably had a clue enjoyable, really. To be honest, yeah, <laughs> it's not a bad. Better. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Better. Um, <laughs> all quiet on the SAFC That's front. Better. <laughs> That's better. Yeah. Can I, Sorry, can I go on? No, no, I'm going to talk. talk yeah. <laughs> Put that song on again. All quiet on the SAFC front. Um, we're going to speak a little in a second. I just want to mention that the Sunderland AFC ladies return to action after a little break next weekend when they have a, when they play Yeovil Town ladies in the Women's Super League, which is, well, the Super League 2, isn't it? They've won all yeah. five of their opening matches so far. So that's 28th of June. It's a 12 noon kickoff at the Hedden Centre. Now, they're having a bit of a fun day, which starts from around half nine, and there's all sorts of things that kids can do, um, including face painting and also skill sessions on the pitch. So you need to pay and pre-book for that. So if you want to know more information, just go to scfcladies.com and you'll be able to find out. Right. Regarding the men's team, not much really to go on this week, is there? Manoni coming out declaring he wants to stay which I don't think any of us really mm. doubted yeah. um, but you know we're desperate for some news so do we want to try and <laughs> do we want to try and milk this a little bit they probably do a Darren Bent in a few weeks <laughs> well that's yeah. it you know you're talking about it, the modern day football aren't you yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean I don't I'm sure he's nothing like Darren Bent and it's not even a remotely similar situation but I'm always wary of getting too overexcited until he signs a contract that says he's here in the long term then you know he's still well, is it, it's his last year of his contract already, isn't it? It was yeah, only a two-year two year deal, was, so yeah. uh, you know it's still question marks hang over it until he until he signs that deal. I think. Same hell bent on getting Barini, I think Gareth this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, it costs a lot of money. It's a lot. It's logical in one sense that we know he he fits that sort of outside left mm-hmm. position. He's he scores goals there, so it does make sense. But are we thinking that we're saying we're, we're going to make a sort of sign? Uh, of intent or whatever would that be it or would that be another one would, we might need to recoup some funds somewhere mm. Adam Johnson's name's getting thrown about in the press a lot that sometimes suggests the club are sort of touting him about mm. what do people think well people were saying we're going to sell people in the press were going to say oh he's going to sell Manoni because because he's because we've, we've brought in Pantillimon but that that didn't materialise <coughs> uh, as of yet Um Johnson's always an easy one to link away. I think it's an obvious. Another year? Is he year of his contract left? I'm not totally Hopefully sure. a bit more two. than that. Yeah. Two maybe. Two maybe. But he, but he's I he, hope so anyway. 
He's a sellable asset, isn't he? He is, but like again, it's like if you if you sell a player, if you if you bring a quality player in, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to sell another one. And, and at the same time, you know that 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 was quite funny about the the Pantillimon thing because as soon as we signed Pantillimon, it was this sort of oh well, probably going to sell Manoni now. Then it's like well, no, you're allowed to have more than one good player you should in hopefully every have two position. good keepers you need really. two good yeah. keepers yeah, you need two yeah. good keepers and they need they need to strengthen the squad um, they don't need to replace players um, I don't think we've really lost anybody that we owned um, that's going to be a big miss Barini pretty hard to see him no but I, 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 what we own no, like you know, yeah. I know, I know, a lone player I, know, I mean I I'm not to be honest <laughs> I'm not particularly fussed on key um, anymore uh I mean, care to elaborate on that? Nah, I just I don't know. Questionable. <laughs> I know. I know what you mean. Questionable. It's, it's he, just disappeared, look, you know, he disappeared. He yeah. disappeared in, in when we, we you know, when we most. needed him most. Yeah. He, he he really did. Well, he, what was it? The ten, tendonitis and isn't Ronaldo playing through that for Portugal? Yeah. Ronaldo's so playing was, with tendonitis. It was very so, suspect. Yeah. I don't wanna, don't wanna well, no, I'm not going to say that he <coughs> didn't have an injury or he did have whatever. I, he did. He, we won those games in the running. And he yeah. wasn't a part yeah. of it. I agree. So I think because that's the most fresh thing in your mind, uh, you, you can sort of think, oh, well, you know, was he that big of an... He, he was a big influence, but you can almost dismiss it. You can almost forget about it because mm-hmm. he wasn't there when it mattered. I think he had that, he had a good spell when we had a good spell around Christmas time. Um, that was when he was for that, between the same time as Johnson kind of kicked on, Key kicked on as well. Um, and then he kind of dropped off. <coughs> I think the issue is, you know, the the thing that would raise, you know, eyebrows is the there was a little, like almost a bit of an identical situation to why he fell out at Swansea. Mm. Um, point, yeah. He he fell out. It he seemed the the same situation seemed to arise at Sunderland. Very very similar. The Korean doctor and the the knee problem, yeah. and you kind <coughs> of think Ooh. you read between the well, lines, and you certainly are. Could, could come back to Johnson. Sorry. Uh, we finished that point, guys. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Don't worry about that. Well, so I'll just play music over top. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. Like, so no one can hear us talk. Auto Dross. Now, just with Johnson, I was talking to a mate, and we're talking about Barini. And would you, you know, would you spell, spend ten million on him? And he's think, yeah, you know, he did well last season. But I, I sort of think, imagine a scenario where Barini was the ten million pound asset, and Johnson was the loan man. Would would your judgment of the two players be almost changed in the same way? What I'm trying to get at is, I think sometimes our loan players are so highly regarded yeah. because they're not ours and we've not spent any money on them. Mm. That's not to say Barini didn't so have a good season. you think, and we can't have these players. So, and yeah. when you spend big money on Johnson, your expectations are raised. And I don't think he's, he's had a That's bad a season but he's not okay. really rated That's as highly point. is he That's a good point so you mean uh, had this been Johnson's first season and he had the sort of season he's just had but he yeah. was on loan from somebody else would, would he be, be glamorised you know, a lot more how many more goals did he get Roman eight or something yeah. no, he got that's a, a good point because a good Barini point. I'm not this is not for women it's him Barini didn't have a good season but he wasn't perfect for the whole time either I mean he scored big goals in derbies but wait a minute Adam Johnson scored in the 3-0 and he also set up the opener in the home game and I'm not saying people criticise him all the time, but it would be interesting to see if people's views of Barini were different next season if he had a similar season, but with a £10 million price tag. I don't know. Um, I think I would say with Barini, he, he started quite slowly and then he came into it around Christmas time again. And then 
Um, he, I think he was excellent, and he showed, you know, that desire, you know, the will that to 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 influence games, and I think that's, I totally that's a positive agree. thing. I, I'm, I'm not knocking him. Yeah, I just meant the whole. You know what happened with Craig Gordon, didn't it? The yeah, the, the pride. Whole, not, and well, it does and affect Wickham people's well. judgment yeah. on mass, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Well, I want to speak more about the World Cup in England, so we'll quickly stay on the club theme thing and hear from our second guest now which we're going to hear from Neil Atkinson, host of the Anfield Rap. We caught up with him earlier to see if he's caught his breath after a bit of a whirlwind season and his club Liverpool. Neil, I'll start by saying what's the chances of you giving us Barini then? I think it's half decent to be honest with you. It's interesting Liverpool have been linked quite aggressively in both the local media and the national media. Uh, this week with um, with Alexis Sanchez I should think if Alexis Sanchez signs there's no place even in a squad sense for Fabio Barini going forward so I think that he'll be on the move if Alexis Sanchez doesn't sign if Liverpool don't sign any of the forwards then I think there's a chance Barini stays I ultimately think Liverpool will buy Lallana plus one more as an attacking player if it's an attacking midfielder more of an attacking midfielder then I think Suso will go uh, he's been out on loan in Spain I think if it's more of a attacker a forward then I think Barini will go. Uh, he's been on loan at Sunderland, so there's a good chance he could end up staying at Sunderland. I think what's interesting is that when I spoke to you uh, on, your, on your podcast and you were asking me about Simon Migley and stuff, and I was saying how it was interesting that I thought had he waited around for another year, he would have went to a top-four club because I thought he's, yeah. I thought Liverpool was a good move because it was a sort of match in his career trajectory, so to speak. But then Liverpool had this se- season where they've exceeded expectations and it's similar with Barini coming to Sunderland to get games. He's done as much as he possibly could have, but because Newcastle, uh, sorry, Newcastle, but because Liverpool have sort of elevated themselves to the next sort of level, it leaves bo- it leaves both of them sort of struggling a little bit, doesn't it? Sort of. But I'm, I'm, my attitude on this is the games Barini scored in and the, the type of goals he scored to me suggests a proper footballer. You know, he's done it in big games, he's done it at big moments. It's easy to write off penalties as just being penalties, but it would be easy as a lonely player, as a younger lad, to be a bag of nerves. He didn't look like a bag of nerves at any stage. You know, he's he's been calm, he's been he's been composed. So he, he can clearly do it in company. The problem he's got is I don't think he can lead the line. Um so therefore he's got to get into the one of those those positions that's either side of, of, of one centre forward if Liverpool play one centre forward or he's got to get into you know he's, he's, he's got to find a way to, to, to play in a two and that's going to be difficult Suarez plays every week every week he can play he plays it's, he's a very difficult footballer to rotate uh, you've basically got to hope he does something mad and gets himself suspended um, there's no other way in which he doesn't want to play for Liverpool um, so therefore then you've got the storage you know is clearly a, a top quality world class number nine uh, in terms of his goal return so it becomes difficult to see where Barini gets, gets in and gets his game even if Liverpool do have you know lots of European football which I hope they do next season and so that's the difficulty really and I'm fundamentally he's now 22-23 the lad needs to play so as I say it wouldn't surprise me if, 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 if he does move on I don't think it would surprise me that he moves on, but I guess it's interesting where he goes with the Southampton link. But anyway, regarding yourselves, um, you mentioned European football there. You didn't have that last season. It's 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 undoubtedly aided your season, although you know you might think that's overstated a little bit. But you're certainly going to have to thicken your squad up for next year, aren't you? I think it's it's, it's both overstated and understated in terms of numbers of games we didn't have we didn't have much strength and depth at all and I thought that was clear as the season drew to a close but it, did, it, it took the suspension of Henderson to destabilise us um, which happened 
Sturridge picked up a bit of a knock that he tried to play through on a couple of occasions but couldn't quite do. You know, that, that, that's two players injured in a running. That happens. Two players unavailable in a running. That happens to you. So, you know, if you've got European football, you can make sure you've got that strength in depth. Where I think, though, it did help us was the fact that the manager got so much time with his players, not having a midweek game to prepare for, being able to focus on the weekend's next game, being able to either get them playing a new shape, get them setting up to a new challenge. What I'd say, though, is footballers, you know, it's not as though they get to the end of the season and they forget everything. You know, they've, they've worked now with this manager, the core of that squad has worked with this manager now for, for two seasons. They won't forget everything that they did in the second half of last season. They won't forget what worked. They won't forget going to Spurs and winning 5-0 and how they did that and how they approached that. None of that just disappears, that knowledge. So, you know, yeah, you know, there's got to be additions there. The squad does need thickening with, with players who are, you know, who are good enough to, 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 to feature in, you know, in European games. But the one thing we've got, which we've never had, and this I include, you know, even Benitez's great time in this, we've, we've pretty much boxed off great players. We've got them. They're there, uh, and they're the hardest thing to get because you've got to you've got to rise to a level and you've got to have an amount of money, etc., etc. But we've done that hard bit. Great players in the final third. We've got three of them. Um, so therefore, just adding as much quality as possible around those players, it can only help. And, and I'm really optimistic about the new season. It's interesting you mentioned Jordan Henderson there. Obviously relevant to our listeners he as well. Key player, Steve. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean we, we we could see that from afar. And I was kind of. As you, you touched on it earlier yourself, didn't you? That w- when he was suspended, that was kind of like pulling the piece out of the kaplunk set, wasn't it? And all well, just sort of kicked. Well, there's, 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 uh, we've got a book coming out about the season, and we, and we very kindly, um, I shouldn't really give this away, but I will. Uh, we've got a foreword written by Ben Smith for it from the BBC, and Ben said, Ben interviewed, didn't interview, but he spoke to Rogers, I think, on the last game of the season, and he said, you know, what the Chelsea game when you felt as though Gerard slipped? I think that was the key moment. And Rogers replies something like, it was when Jordan Henderson got sent off because I knew I didn't have a player in the squad who could replace him. And that's, and that's one of the reasons why there's the, the, the sheer desire to get Lallana because he's got massive quality on the ball, but he also has such a work rate on him. He's very, very good in the tackle in the same way that Henderson is. Now, he doesn't put men on the floor. He just wins the ball off them and recycles it quickly, smartly. And that's why he's desperate to get him. And yeah, I mean, Henderson was, he became... Oddly, Liverpool's most irreplaceable player. If Suarez is injured or suspended, you've got Sturridge, vice versa. You know, Gerrard goes out injured, you've got Lucas. Uh, we had four centre-halves of, of, of odd quality, but Jordan Henderson was the one piece of the puzzle we just could not replicate. That's great for Sunderland fans to hear. Finally, can you give us a sort of honest prediction where you think this year, what, uh, where you think you'll finish this year, what you think you might win? I, I, I think we can go all the way. We've had the, we've had the practice run this season. Um, I'd be very disappointed not to finish in the top four. I'd be very disappointed with any backward steps taken. I'll be, you know, I, I, I like to see it in terms of points. We got 80, 84 last season. We finished on. Um, I would be disappointed if we dropped below 76. Um, since January uh, 2013, we've gone at from January to May 2013, we went at approximately 1.9 points a game. Uh, the first half of last season we went at two points a game and then the second half of last season we went at 2.3 points a game if we slip below 76 points slip back below two points a game I'd be genuinely disappointed and if you're getting 80, 82 points you never know it can be more than good enough the one thing I'd say is if City or Chelsea strengthen to a point that they're able to get 90 points uh, anything over 90 I think is difficult for us but if the league's won with anywhere between 82 and 88 points Liverpool can win the league Who's better, Messi or Ronaldo? This is the part where we 
tell you what we don't want to talk about, basically. Because <laughs> if you think that who's better, Messi or Ronaldo? It's messy now, isn't it? Because yeah, it's, don't, it is messy. don't answer it. Don't Official, engage, it's officially you know? done. It's not knocked on the head. <laughs> no, the answer is Iron better. Robin. Isn't know, it? Suppose, yeah, it's Robin. Aye, that's the answer. Suppose featured, isn't it? Yeah, well, that, stay, that, that, I mean, staying on the on the world world class and inverted commas theme, it's just Luis Suarez, I guess. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, he wants to discuss yeah. that, do we? Uh, it's just, just we've seen it all yeah, before. No one talking about just it. Just let the authorities deal with it. Yeah. Let the lads, stop. lad accounts tweet hilarious yeah, pictures that are with, funny and steal them off each gifts. other. Yeah, yeah, I know, crazy. I, I just found it, um, I was listening to the radio for the first half of the Argentina game when I was coming home from work and they're like, oh, someone fears for his career. What? Mm. Like, it's not even a big deal in Uruguay. They Danny Mills said throw him in jail and throw away the Absolutely kid. Absolutely mental. Just <laughs> I know. The overreaction's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> throw like, away the kids. It really yeah. is, yeah. yeah. So there was somebody... I think Did it people was, used uh, to do that like back yeah. in the day? Actually throw <laughs> away the, the key. key. Down, down, down like a cliche. drain. That's a cliche. <laughs> yeah. It's a cliche. Uh, well, I know. It is, yeah. Tans when they throw the key away. I bet he's been talking about it. Yeah, but what I mean is I wonder if it's metaphorical or whether people actually use it to do it. Well, it will have stemmed from... Is this now like a... Origins of English language podcast. Yeah. Now, well, it'd be quite in, interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, there was somebody saying that somebody, a journalist, tweeted. A, I think it was um, actually I can't remember who it was, but they said uh, that somebody had said that Suarez should be banned for life for five years. No, <laughs> banned for life for five years. Brilliant. So I was thinking, well, so what, they gonna, maybe, they, maybe are they going to put him in on, in death row for five years and sort of tie in with Danny Mills? <laughs> idea of putting him in prison put him on death row for five years and then kill the him key. yeah, yeah. Oh, and that would be the end of his life and that would be five years the rest of his life mm. maybe he's prefer- maybe we'll it's like Nostradamus sort of more, more time talking about it than I, I thought we would yeah, yeah, yeah no, but we've done it on a journey yeah, angle know, no I doubt I that material will be stolen by the lad made, bible made into a in, into a meme <laughs> and then tweet and then the BBC Sporth and the lad bible will be yeah. fighting over it no well, I don't think the the they make it as the, yeah. uh, pass it off as their own. They just shamelessly no, they don't. steal it. Yeah, yeah apparently they've got officers. You know, really, the the lad Bible apparently have officers. It'd be good work, and they stealing other people's tweets. Yeah, eh? brilliant. Job, that, yeah, yeah. interesting. Right, well, if we time's getting away from us, have we got time a quick, quick <laughs> game of the one? Andy in and, and, the, in and around Zendrin. Shall we do the jingle? Yes. Anyway, it's alleged. Oh, there you go. That one, haven't they? That diagonal ball in and around Jao Pereira. Very game right back for Portugal, but he's not the biggest. Craig talking over the top. I would, I would, you know what I would Andy's love? Andy's in though, and around. If, if anybody actually did, I'm, I'm, I don't think for one minute anybody's sitting taking notice of us and playing this as a drinking game, but it would. How how often does he say it in and around? If he, uh, if he actually did, like, neck a shot every time he said so it. Do you think he's become self aware? Like, he realises he's <laughs> doing must it. Have, you would have thought. think people are telling him and he's, like, doing it on purpose, or is he not that clever? Uh, well. I think yeah. he, I don't think, I don't think he. Uh, he is I think he's um, I just I don't know I think he's seen it as much really but it's some of the some of the incidents of it are better because <laughs> in the first game he said in and amongst so it, like like you say maybe he is aware and he's thinking mm. oh I can't sit in and around I'll sit in and amongst which sounds worse <laughs> and then it was the, the when Godin fouled um, Suarez uh, I had a couple of people tweet us because I was listening in the pub and I couldn't hear the couldn't hear the commentary but apparently um, he said that in and, in and around his throat in and around Sturridge's throat <laughs> unbelievable that so, Fell Sturridge yeah. defying yeah. Suarez yeah. no it was yeah. uh, Godin it was yeah no you said Fell Suarez no, did I, was, I was, yeah. oh well I was yeah. wondering maybe that's what riled him up maybe that's what riled him up got him uh, <laughs> outraged got him aggressive but I'd, I mean I'd suggest this time one shot 
from now on. Any I'm Costa Rica get referred to as the unlikeliest of mm, group winners. Unlikeliest of group mm. winners. And that's then you follow be, that up with up, somebody you'd be like pop up and go, Well, I did tell you they're quite good in the CONCACAF qualifying. I'm surprised nobody's um put a claim on that yet, saying they were my dark horses. There's a few there's ah, actually I a couple of people have. A couple of people have I've never yeah. seen that. The but only person I'd yeah. heard refer to them was um I think it was James Horncastle on football daily as it is during the World Cup was saying Prandelli the Italian manager was talking about he was he was worried about Costa Rica rather oh, than the other else. two sides yeah. turns out they probably should have been worried mm. about everyone because they weren't that good apart from when, apart from England apart from playing yeah. England of course yeah. you know. and um, something else I've picked up on Andy Towns and I feel sorry that it's always him but he is the, the chief culprit isn't he let's be honest every time he says a side is honest <laughs> or they have an honest formation. Yeah. An honest formation. Yeah. Somebody, somebody one, lined yeah. up four four two. I can't remember who it was, and he said, "Yeah, yeah it's an honest formation." Honest, a rubbish formation. Yeah. Yeah. That's what does he, that that's mean? What should mean? Uh, does, it, does England have like a, I don't know a false formation? Well, they <laughs> <Yeah>. do. <laughs> evidently, don't. Yeah. Ironically, yeah. yeah. Maybe deceitful. Yeah, maybe yeah. He's deceitful right, formation. Maybe he's right all along. Maybe he's onto something yeah. though, and he thinks, yeah. well. You know, if England played four three three, that would be an honest formation. Maybe he's honest. I don't know. A formation can have. Honestly, attributed to it. Ask Andrew. Andrew Townsend. Andrew in the round yeah. end. It's a different character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's his alter ego. That's his alter ego. Yeah. yeah. Anybody been impressed by a particular country or anything in the World Cup apart from Costa Rica? I thought you were going to say a particular pundit there. I was going to say like Danny Murphy. Danny Murphy decent. has been very good. Cool, cool, yeah. 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 yeah, let's praise Danny Murphy. Uh, I've enjoyed. Well, I like him when, when he does matches against the Wales, like yeah. anyway. But he's been good in the in the Kuanka seat yeah. as well. Yeah, he's done two. well there. It's mm. difficult, I think. You know, we'll rip, rip it, and it mustn't be easy. You sit and you respond to an incident. It doesn't excuse the likes of Jonathan Pierce's bizarre outrage. <laughs> but uh, you know, you wouldn't have it any other way, though, would you? Well, of course. This is this is the beauty yeah. of it, isn't yeah. it? I can sit there and just like say I'm watching with my dad. I, I spend more time talking about the, the commentary than I do about <laughs> the actual game. It's, uh, it's an entertainment art form in its own. I think you certainly need that in a couple of the dull nil nils we've had. Oh, haven't, I, there haven't been many of those. Not, not to too, be fair, not yeah. too bad. But um, <laughs> I've enjoyed the US. I've mm. got a bit of a soft spot for the for the US. I'm yet to see them. I thought it was I thought it was because of Altador. Well, he's ruined that for us. We've got a jingle. <laughs> yeah, we've got a jingle for Altador. Altador. Do, let's do it now. You do that Altador. Watch anyone. Yeah. There we go. Beautifully produced. Altidore, watch. Still injured. Yeah, still injured. Still Won't struggling. Be playing, unlikely to be playing again. Yeah, in the I think he'll play again. I think he'll come on in the final and score the winner. Do you That's think they're going to get through that group, US? Yeah, uh, yeah yes. definitely. I think. Do they're, you? Um, I they're hope they do. They're looking good for it, aren't they? Um, they've well, got. They're not need to take something off Germany. Point. No, well, the three points clear of the bottom, t- the other two sides. So, the goal difference. If it took a battering, no, they've got three points. Yeah, four. They've got four. They've got four. Point clear. Ghana yeah, yeah, got that's right. Ghana. None, none. They've got one each. Oh, Portugal and Ghana. No, have only got Portugal, oh yeah, they have. Yeah. Beat. No, they didn't. They drew with uh, with uh, America two two. Yeah, Portugal oh. drew and they've got and a point. Got Ghana got a, Ghana yeah, got a point with with Germany. So yeah, they've, they're in a they're in, they're the, in the driving seat. It would be yeah. goal difference. I kind of look at it. Let's put it this way, right? You've got Klinsmann managing the USA. Is protege Yogi Love managing Germany? You know, you've I, got. I, I'm, um, I'm seeing a draw written all over. Don't that one. conspiracy I didn't theories. Think they, I didn't think they got on. Well, I still think they'll draw. <laughs> I just, I think, I think a good example actually, a player in that team, and what going back to to England, what we're talking about before on the US side, that is um, is Beckerman, who's sort of playing at the base of that midfield, and he dr- he drops in as a third centre back at times mm. as well, I, a bit like Key did 
last mm-hmm. season for Sunderland and he I'd think that he's a prime example of a player that if he was English won't get picked won't yeah. get picked but yeah, yeah. he's vital to the system he's and an important cog so who's his who's his club side out of interest I don't even know he plays in the MLS I does Beckman play in the MLS yeah because um, they were asking Thierry Henry about which players mm. stood out in the MLS I'm yeah. sure I, I'm not 100% but mm. I think that's what he said but, but I mean I've, I've, I've sort of found myself developing a soft spot for yeah. America actually because I, I think um it's easy for English people and British people to sort of mock the American mm. way and the American fans because football's still relatively well it's not new it's always been played there but it's it's relatively new in terms of popularity in America and I just think in the last couple of years you know I've came across a lot of American fans who you speak to when they're very knowledgeable and yeah. I sort of want them to do well for those mm. fans because yeah. a lot of because a lot of there's a lot of judgment yeah. you know a lot of fans are yeah. sort of like prejudice almost yes isn't exactly it? Yeah. And, and especially when they hear the terminology um, mm. it is the terminology and, and you, again it yeah, is, well, I guess it it's is, like the town's thing that we do you know, I guess. Amer- American it's, English is different yeah. and well they're coming wrong. from a different yeah. sport <laughs> well <laughs> yeah but they have a different culture as well aren't they oh yeah, yeah of, so, course, of course and I, and I just think sometimes you know the, the fans who go there and watch the MLS games and get behind the teams and we speak to a couple of Sunderland fans who are American and they're very knowledgeable there's this um, magazine called 8x8 or something and there yeah. was an, a piece from it uh, online that I read um about this guy who runs a bar in New York and stuff and just the way oh, the yes, fan so culture's changed that, yeah. it was really good mm-hmm. I like really interesting it's interesting as well when you watch I don't know if you've ever watched the MLS now but you know when it first started you watch it and there was still the I know it's aesthetic and you still get it in some some arenas and you get the the um, American football markings are on the pitch underneath mm, and yeah. it's like different coloured lines and the goals are um you know, temporary, and yeah. it's obviously it's a secondary thing. Yeah. Now you look at some of the venues that they're playing yeah, at, they're smaller, yeah. but the proper football stadiums, and the full. The atmosphere is the atmosphere sounds like Toronto, for example. I don't know if mm. you've ever seen Toronto. I know it's no, Canada, yeah, but yeah, yeah. They, they've got this really nice little provincial stadium, mm. almost modern provincial ground, almost something you'd seen in League One, mm. but a bit better. And it's heat, it's full. Yeah, I was impressed when when the the, the friendlies before they went out there, and mm. I think they played a game in New York. And I mm. remember one of one of our well, followers and listeners, Robbie um, Sweet, I was asking him, and he said it was in New York. I wasn't sure, yeah. but I asked because I watched the game, and like you see, it, it looked like a bit of a like a Premier oh, League game. Yeah. The atmosphere, get, get everybody on the feet and loud, and the, the try <laughs> and play a fast football, and, mm. get, and get they you, put the heart and soul into it, don't they? Get yourselves behind Portland because I think there's a a town or a, a district of Portland called Sunderland. And over Femi Martins plays for them, I think, doesn't he? Or is he at Seattle? Not supporting them, then. No, because it's just funny, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Now they've got this Argentinian striker uh, called Aruti, and it was quite surprising he went there. Like, they've they've got, like, quite... There's a lot of surprising players in the MLS. Like, surprisingly good, youngish talent. It seems to be, like, players from South America and Central America maybe migrating there Mm. more now because there's more money in the MLS. I think it's overtaken... Well, the Major League Baseball mm-hmm. in terms of popularity and perhaps. that's probably reflected in a couple of the the big moves Dempsey's gone back there yeah. and, and Michael Bradley's gone back there which was a, that well. was the big surprise yes. I mean he's getting a bit of stick off the American fans after the other night like he was mm-hmm. a big part in that uh, Portuguese equaliser yeah, away, didn't he yeah. mm-hmm. so I know, I had a slip so it should never have missed the American it should never have got that far anyway they should have gone to the, should have taken it to the corner um, the the incident it broke down it was similar to Gerard against uh, Uruguay the first goal got lost a ball in midfield a bit like that I seen the first half I just didn't see the I fell asleep yeah I've seen the, the, the equaliser that's oh, what right. I was saying that's how we lost the 
lost it like Bradley lost it a bit like Gerard oh, right, did. Yeah, he lost yeah. to like a sort of a bit of a weak 50-50 put in and they broke and fantastic ball by Ronaldo and a great header by Varela who when I've seen him I've seen him about six or seven times um, and he looks a good player in answer to your original question I'd, I'd quite like to see Argentina win it on Brazilian style I think even though entertaining. even though they jump up and down and sing he who doesn't jump up and down as an Englishman every game it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. I'm not really bothered I, I didn't just, think yeah. you would be is that like their equivalent stand up if you hate the match yes, is that basically is, yeah. what it is, is it? I'm a self-loathing Englishman a little bit more political I think yeah. We're not going to go Yeah, that, don't, go in, don't no. go into that. We don't want to go Collymore on it, do we? <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> what, just start shouting over the top of each other? Oh. Yeah, no, we've, we've, done, we've been doing that. I'll play music over yeah, the top, that's no. worse. Because we're running out of time, so you've got to like, yeah. get that's more like, yeah. words that's like out. what happens at the Oscars when they speak too much and they drown them out with the music. Yeah. So nah, Gareth Dunham made the start. Yeah. So we get too Head much of him, you, so like. we'll just put the music We've well, actually literally got like a minute to go, so you've got one minute to do your plan to save England that you wanted to put I forward. don't think we've got time for it just just to just keep, you, keep, it for next keep you happy we might come back and keep just it for discuss next, it keep week. it for next who week who are you supporting then yeah. Steve we've got America Argentina come on then no, well, I would go for America as well. Well, I would, I'm going to be in New York for the final so mm. if Josie bangs a winner in the final and I'm there that'd be brilliant which won't happen obviously but no it'll be but nice. it'll be the dream yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be brilliant if he came back um, and was involved in the later stages and did something positive um, uh, you know Let's hope that let's hope we get through, and you know he gets the opportunity to to build some confidence. Okay, we'll be back next week. Not much England to talk about, although we might actually now talk about the future. Depends if Gareth lets me, because he <laughs> thinks it's a bit of a mundane subject. But uh, I'd like to thank Craig Clark for coming in. Gareth Barker was always. Chris Murray's here on you on on here for you next at Spark FM. Over and out. We are Spark. One oh seven FM.